friends. Thanks for being here with me at the local table. I'm Carrie Dirksen, the boss behind Feathered Arrow, a wedding planning and design company based in sunny Los Angeles, California. But don't be fooled because I'm also a lifestyle photographer and now your podcast host. I've been building a business for over five years and two things that I've learned more than anything is that community is powerful and that stories truly matter. We all have a story to tell, wisdom to share, and advice to give. And what better way to learn than by sitting around a table with a drink in one hand and community right next to you. So join me on this adventure as I share about life, business insights, advice, and share people's stories of triumphs and failures. So pull up a chair, friend, and grab a drink as we dive into this week's episode of The Local Table. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Local Table Podcast. I'm so excited because today we have a really special guest. Her name is Grace, and I have followed her for a while now on Instagram and just adore her work. And we just so happen to be from the same state, Iowa, and we both went to the same college, ironically. So I reached out to her recently, and I wanted to talk to her um, because her story is amazing, her work's amazing, and I just wanted to share more about her and just also learn more from her as well. So I hope you enjoy today's episode. But first, I wanted to share a little bit more about Grace. So Grace is a Midwest and destination wedding and elopement photographer, as well as a business educator in Iowa. Grace grew up in the Midwest, but fled to the West Coast with her husband, Kyle, as soon as they graduated college. They have adventurous souls and know that they needed to see more than just rolling hills and cornfields of Iowa. So they packed up and moved to California and promised each other that they would live a life full of adventurous Saturdays and lazy Sundays. After two years in countless California burritos, Iowa called them home, and now they're living their best life in the Midwest and traveling every chance they get. They also have a tiny adventure partner, their daughter, Pfeiffer Gray, and they love to take her wherever they go. She still has a deep love for the West Coast and beyond and spends her free time traveling to her favorite spots like Big Sur, California, Hawaii, and Colorado. Her own marriage is what inspires her the most. They're just two silly kids who love to make memories in epic places, spend too much time ooing and eyeing over the cutest baby ever made, theirs of course, and they keep each other on their toes with big dreams and sometimes spontaneous life decisions. She believes marriage is something sacred and special and documenting love stories is something incredible that she gets the privilege of doing. Grace is based in Des Moines, Iowa, but absolutely loves to travel. She's shot weddings all the way from Hawaii to bridal sessions in Ireland to engagement sessions across the ocean to Iceland. Enjoy today's episode, everybody, and let's dive in. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of the Local Table Podcast. Today, I have with me a very special guest. She's actually somebody I've been following on Instagram for a while, and we've connected, and now I just feel like we're going to be friends. So everyone, please welcome Grace. Uh, Grace, it's so good to have you here today. Thank you for having me. I'm so pumped to be here. Awesome. And I wish we could like be in person, but (laughs) right. And also, you know, just being states away. But Grace, I'd love for you to introduce yourself and uh, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. So I'm Grace Troutman. I am the owner of Grace T Photography. Um, I'm a Midwest and destination 
wedding photographer and also an educator as well. Yeah, that's kind of like my title. But uh, my, my business kind of started a while ago, almost five years now, which is crazy to me. The other day I was talking to someone and I was like, I think it's four. I think it's four. And I was like, no, it's five. <laughs> yeah, I oh, never oh, remember. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know my exact start date at all. I always forget it. So I just say like four or five years. Yeah. Um, but I've been in business for that long. Um, I started in Iowa, moved out to the West Coast, and then now I'm back in Iowa and I've been growing my business here ever since. That's so cool. So a little bit, I mean, I did some research on you a little bit, but I yeah. also kind of just like knew from following. But yeah, I felt like connected to you. First of all, I love your work. It's so beautiful. And um, I just love how you like show up. And I really like connected with you because I was like, oh, we were from the same state. We like both yeah. moved to California, both went to the same college. And it's just so fun to connect with people who like leave Iowa, but then like want to come back to at the same time. Yeah. And it's just fun because you're like, oh, you went on like a similar journey as me. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I was, when you were talking about your business and like not knowing the start date, I feel like I just randomly made up like a birthday for my <laughs> business. <laughs> and so like every year I just randomly celebrate that. And I, I think one year I celebrated five years and it was like only had been four. And I... <laughs> I was like, whatever, I'm just going to celebrate. I feel like I've been in business for a long time. (laughs) I mean, we always need an excuse to pop champagne, right? Yeah, (laughs) exactly. I love it. Um, So tell us a little bit more about how you got into photography. Because you do a lot, like you said, you do a lot of destination weddings. How did you get into traveling and finding those clients to go to these amazing places? So kind of a long story, but (laughs) um, I, yeah, I started, I mean if we want to go way back, I started photography in high school. Um, But it just kind of blossomed from there. Uh, Once I got to college at the University of Northern Iowa, um, I actually didn't major in photography my first year. But after I I actually majored in drawing and I was like, I'm going to be a tattoo artist. But um, (laughs) I was like, no, I don't want to do that. So um, I actually majored in photography and marketing. So after four years at UNI, uh, my husband and I, we, you know, have a travel bug. We really love to explore. And just growing up in Iowa, we kind of get the same kind of Midwest thing all the time. So it's fun to just get out and go. So we both love doing that. So we picked up and moved to Arizona for about four months. We did not like it. (laughs) Where in Arizona (laughs) did you go? Yeah. (laughs) In Chandler. Yeah, in Chandler. So it was right next to Phoenix. We just moved in the worst possible time ever. We moved in June and stayed until October. So it was like 120 every day, like steering wheels were were melting. I was like, (laughs) we can't live here. We can't do it. So um, thankfully, Kyle got an opportunity to take the job in California. And we ended up packing up and moving after four months and lived in California for about two years in Temecula. So that's where everything kind of started. And um, I actually never wanted to be a wedding photographer. It was just like, not my thing. That's why I did marketing too. I was like, I want to be like in a digital advertising agency or something like that, um, doing more marketing focused stuff. But there's still like a, a little kind of fascination or curiosity with you know, taking photos. I was good at it. I really liked it. I was like, this is fun, but I don't think it can be a a real job. And then actually working for a company out in California, 
I actually work for a post-processing company for photographers. Okay. So photographers sent their wedding photos in, we edited them and then sent them back. So I was behind the computer editing. I was talking to all these photographers about what they wanted, um, you know, what their photos to look like and all that stuff. And after a year there, I was like, this is not what I want to do. I want to be like the, I want these photos to be mine. So I actually started shooting a lot. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, you know, I I want a little bit more recognition because I know I can do this type of thing. So I started second shooting actually a lot in LA, which was crazy because coming (laughs) from a small town and shooting in LA, like, like Malibu area and stuff. Like my jaw was to the floor at every wedding that I shot because it was unfathomable. But eventually I created a Instagram page. I created a Facebook page and people from Iowa started seeing that I was starting this business. So they ended up actually flying me back to Iowa a couple times to shoot weddings. And at one point I wasn't loving my job. I was like, you know, this isn't what I want to do. California's you know, feeling a little bit heavy, all the traffic. I was stuck in traffic for like yeah. three hours a day. Oh, I feel it was yeah. awful. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. I don't miss that. But I was just like, it's not, I, I have to leave. I feel like I have to do something else. And at one point, I started booking weddings and I didn't really tell my husband, or I think he like just didn't think I was that serious about it. And at yeah. one point, I was like, um, I have like, it was like between six or eight weddings booked. I was like, you know, we can either move home or you're not going to see me for like three or four months. Like, what do you want to do? Right. And he, he was like, fine, we'll move home. So we packed up, we moved back to Iowa. And then from there, my business had just blown up. But my first couple weddings that I ever shot um, in terms of like destination work and how I got those clients, what my first couple weddings were destination weddings and they were like people I knew they were friends or like cousins cousins that hired me for some destination weddings so that kind of blew up my destination portfolio immediately and I started shooting destination weddings yearly and it was my goal to shoot them yearly and not always stay in Iowa Um, because I think our our compromise was that you know if we moved back to Iowa we would still travel all the time because that's what we love to do. So, um, and it's actually a lot easier to travel from here. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we're yeah. Not, we're not broke, but <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say first you have like cost of living and yes. it's actually like, especially like domestic travel. It's actually so much nicer because you're like middle of the country. And so it's yes. like easy flights wherever we're like from California to like East coast is like five to six hours and it's so exhausting. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So it was our goal to kind of do that. And then I ended up actually booking a lot of trips where I didn't have shoots and we would just go and then I would advertise maybe a couple of weeks before, a month before and be like, Hey, I'm going to be in this place. And then I would end up booking shoots because friends of friends would like tell yeah. their friends who lived there that I was going to be there. And I ended up booking a lot of work. So that's just how it's kind of blossomed. Yeah. What a cool journey. I I love how you kind of mentioned briefly, you were like getting a real job. And yeah. I feel like that's such a thing for entrepreneurs, especially, mm-hmm. you know, like I, I feel like for us growing up, maybe most of our generation, but like, especially in the Midwest, it was sort of like, go to college and then like you get a real job. And like, I guess a real job is deemed as like sitting in an office all day, having a steady (laughs) income and like, you know, all of these like steps that we're supposed to take. But I love that 
that didn't hold you back from pursuing this once you were kind of like, no, this is what I want to do. And I'm good at this. Like, I don't need to work for somebody else to like make yes. my own money. Yeah. And actually, when we moved back to Iowa, I was still like, okay, I should still get a real job, like a real right. quote, real job. So I was actually applying for marketing agencies, digital agencies in Iowa. And I got turned down Oh my God, so many times, like 10 plus interviews got turned down. So at one point I was just like, screw it. I threw up my hands and I was like, okay, I'm going to do this then. I'm going to dive in and just start my business because obviously the universe is telling me that I need to go for it. Yeah, that's so important to you because I mean, I think that's such a sign, right? Of like getting turned down. Absolutely. feel so out of control and you're like, I actually can build my own business over here and like be in control of how many weddings I take on, where I travel to, like what I charge people, all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. I feel like destination photography is something that people really want, like everyone wants to do. That's a photographer. (laughs) I actually do photography as well on the side. And it's funny because like I kind of fell into weddings and I was was sort of like you, like I wanted to start my own photography business, but I was like, I don't want to shoot weddings and then like fell into the planning side. And now it's just like a fun creative, you know, for, for me to do. But mm-hmm. I feel like so many people with any creative field, especially in the wedding industry, they like want to travel to these amazing destinations and they find it hard, I think, to find those ideal clients. So like, I know you said like friends of friends and, you know, or like your cousin knew somebody that knew somebody. Yeah. Um, But how do you feel like you were able to kind of really grow that in destination, like travel and like photography and knowing what to charge and not like scaring people away? Because obviously there's a cost to that, right? Of like bringing you to Iceland or, you know, Hawaii, whatever that is. So how do you feel like you were able to cultivate that outside of just like a circle of friends of friends and like setting prices for that as well? I will say that it did take time. For sure. Like it does take time absolutely to build your portfolio, especially because, you know, if you've never been to Hawaii at all, you don't have portfolio work from Hawaii, you're not those clients first pick. You know what I mean? If they're like, you've never been there, you don't know where to elope or anything like that. They may not want to hire you right away for that. If they do, awesome, cool. Then you get you know more portfolio work. That's why um, every time I try to travel or I do travel someplace, I try to book as much work as I can. It's yeah. kind of slowed down over the last couple of years with a baby. Right. But like the last time I went to Hawaii, we were there for I think like eight days and I had six shoots. Oh my god! So I try, <laughs> yeah, I try to, to get as much as possible, yeah. just so I can have that portfolio work, you know, and be able to show people that, like, yes, I've shot here before. You know, you can rely on me for that type of thing. Um, but in terms of pricing, it's a whole thing, and I feel like this is something where you have to kind of figure out your your cost of doing business for one. You know, like what are your regular rates, yep. and then the cost of traveling as well in terms of like, what is that taking away from your business? If you're not in the area, like you mm-hmm. say, LA, you know, you could be shooting two weddings in LA, but instead you're traveling to Hawaii for one wedding. So what is that type of cost or was that, what is that going to cost you? And then also travel, especially, you know, and for me, I actually do like one 
price for my destination wedding. So people don't have to add on like a rental car and a plane ticket and an Airbnb. And I feel like they get sticker shock because I did that for a while. And a lot of people would get sticker shock and be like, okay, so we have a base price and we add this and add this and add this. And it would get so overwhelmed with everything. Uh, But now I've kind of evened out the cost and I've kind of, you know, taken a look at on average, what does it cost for me to travel to this certain destination? If it's within the US, it's typically, you know, $1,200 ish for everything. If it's like Hawaii or Iceland or something like that, it might be closer to like 2000. But then I kind of add that into their base package pricing, and then send that over. So they get one price to look at. And you know, they can be like, Okay, that's all we pay for. Cool. Sweet. I would definitely just like take a look at What's your cost of doing business? How many days are you going to be there? You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, is it going to be a week trip because of all the traveling and layovers and all that stuff? Um, Or is it going to be like a quick little getaway? Yeah. I love how you kind of talk about just like wrapping it in one like beautiful yes. present, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Because I think Absolutely. a lot of us get so hung up and even I've kind of learned in my business, like, you know, if the wedding is so far away from where I live in LA, then I charge accommodations and stuff. And yeah. obviously that varies per client, right? Like depending on where they're getting married, but it is sort of like, now I've kind of decided to like wrap that up in like one price too, because... Yep they're like, Oh man, like that hotel is like $500. And then, Oh, we didn't realize that's so expensive. But like, yeah, it's something in the human brain. I think that when you're like, Oh, there's just one price and you don't, I don't know. Some people like it broken down, but I think some people are just like, great, there's that price. And we don't need to be like, what was the hotel? What was your flight? All of that cost. Right. And I actually like to take care of all of that myself too, Mm -hmm. you know, because if I do want to go to Hawaii and spend two weeks there and then, you know, maybe I would only be working for like four days out of that trip, I can make sure that I like accommodate it for four days and then take the rest of my trip when I want to and just kind of book my plane tickets when I want. So, you know, you can't go to Hawaii and not have a vacation, you know, (laughs) like a workation. Yeah. So it's been my goal to go to Hawaii at least once a year. Sad this, it won't happen this year, but next year, hopefully. I love Hawaii. It's just like so relaxing. It's so nice. For some reason, like... When I went there, I've only been there once, but um, Mm -hmm. I went a couple years ago. And every time I like, I was getting ready, like getting on the plane, I was like, oh my God, I need my passport. And then you come back to it because you feel like like you're going to this like tropical, (laughs) you know, you are, but you feel like you're going so far away from everything. And then you get there and you're like, oh yeah, it's still the United States. (laughs) Oh my gosh, biggest regret when I was living in California is not going to Hawaii more. So girl, hop on that. I I want to eat flights all the time. Yeah. (laughs) I know. Especially now my boyfriend and I have talked about just like going for a month and like staying somewhere and just like, yeah. Working, working, working from home. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So yeah. <laughs> For sure. So I, I love kind of how you evolved your wedding business into this destination photography. And over the years too, you've kind of grown into like being a photo- like an educator for photographers and really showing up on your Instagram page and just being yourself and being like really authentic with people. I'd love for you to kind of share a little bit more how you got on that journey of just like moving just from like photography, running your own business to being like, oh, I can educate others on how to become a photographer, run a successful business and just like showing up more as yourself. I feel like I've been posting on Instagram about like 
being authentic or even just hard subjects to speak about like so long like before it was cool you know what I mean because I feel (laughs) I feel like now which is amazing I'm happy I'm so glad that the Instagram community is opening up more that we can can speak about hard issues and open up a little bit more but I started like on my personal Instagram account talking about this stuff and that Instagram account grew really fast and then once I started talking about this stuff and kind of moving everything over to just one account on my photography page, it blew up. Because the thing is, people want to connect with people. They don't want to connect Mm -hmm. with a brand. You know what I mean? They may love my brand or your brand or whatever, but they really want to connect with the person behind it. So being as authentic as I can on my social profiles or on my website or anything like that allows me to connect with people in a way that is super authentic and that I can, you know, be one-on-one with them and like send them a video message or something and chat back and forth and not be scared that it's unprofessional or mm-hmm. not stuffy or, you know what I mean? Not formal yeah. enough. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So to you, I guess, what would you say? Cause I feel like there's a lot of talk around like being authentic. Right. And I'm, mm-hmm. using your yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, cause everyone's talking about like being authentic and like you said, it is kind of trendy to like show up as yourself, but I feel like this is something I hear often, right, from other entrepreneurs. And I feel like I've even started to show up in the last couple of years, like more myself. And because I know at the end of the day, too, like I'm the one selling clients and they work with me because of me and my personality. Right. Obviously, like my work draws them to to me. But I feel like once we're done with a consultation call or, you know, when we could meet before in person, it was just like a connection on like us as humans relating. And they were like, we just love who you are and like your personality. We think, you know, it'd be fun to work with you for like a year, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So I guess, how would you kind of describe like being authentic to people? Because I feel like that word gets a little overused. And so like, what are some tangible things you could tell people to like truly show up authentically and not feel like you're kind of like posing as being authentic. Yeah, it's very trendy right now, right? (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, like looking into yourself and being true to you, I, I would say for sure, I've gone to a point where I've kind of shown up in a way that wasn't authentic and that I was just doing things for followers or like for mm-hmm. my followers, you know, what they wanted to see. But at one point, especially this year, I was like, it's me. Like, I am just going to be here as myself, take it or leave it. It's fine. You know, if you don't connect with me, that's okay. Like I would rather work with people, you know, and that goes for photographers and clients alike. You know, I'd rather work with people who are in love with who I am as a person Mm -hmm. instead of, you know, like, Oh, we really love her work, but we don't really connect with her. That's fine. Go connect with someone else. Like I would rather like have someone else serve you to the best of their ability and have the most amazing time. And you guys have the most amazing time for your wedding day or coaching or whatever, then come to me and like not have the best time. So I think honestly, just like taking a look at yourself and like really doing some deep work about like who you are, what do you want to show up as? Who do you want to show up as? You know, who is that person you really want to be? And put that on social media. You know, we all do like curated cute shots or whatever, but like, it's okay to show the behind the scenes. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people, like, like you said, it's kind of trendy right now to like put it all out there. Um, But I think it's, it's definitely a little glossy. Like it's definitely 
pretty sometimes right. and it, it shouldn't have to be pretty. It shouldn't always have to be pretty. So I think being your true authentic self in terms of who you are, setting your values and putting that those out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I heard someone talking the other day about just like getting out of your head and stop thinking mm-hmm. about like the people that actually follow you and yes. like, you know, maybe because maybe for a lot of people, I know for me, there's like specific people that show up right in my brain. I'm like, what are they going to think? Or like, you yes. know, what is like, the, I don't know, the thought process, like when I show up on camera and are people like, I'm so annoyed with her, whatever. <laughs> And she was just saying, like, get out of your head and just yeah. talk like you're talking to, like, your best friend, you know? Like, FaceTime, pretend like you're FaceTiming with her and kind yeah. of remove, like, the thousands of followers or hundreds of followers that you have and just talk to one person and one person only. Yeah. And it, like, kind of relaxes you a little bit and makes you be even more authentic and just yourself to show up to. Absolutely. And that's kind of how you gather you know, this group and community of people who follow you as being super authentic to that specific person who you want to talk to, like niching down and be like, I'm going to talk to this one person. Like I have, I think three different people who I talk to and I rotate through. So that's my community right there. Uh, Yeah, I love that. Hey friends, so real quick, I wanted to jump in here because if you're feeling a little lost and all over the place in managing your business, then I've got the answer for you. HoneyBook is the number one platform that I use in my business and I want to share this with you all so that you can find a way to manage your business easily, keep track of your clients, their projects, send contracts, get paid on time, and even set up automatic workflows. I use HoneyBook to manage my business and trust me, this is the key to keeping me sane, staying organized, getting paid on time, and even working while I sleep. I've been able to automate my business through HoneyBook and it gives me back my time to work on the business instead of spending time working in the business and how it runs. Y'all, workflows and automation are amazing and the key to help growing your business. So if you need a project management system, go to honeybook.com and sign up today. But before you do, I have a code for y'all to sign up by getting 50% off your first year. Let me tell you, this will be money worth spent and you'll get your time back in your business. Now to me, that sounds pretty amazing. So head to bit.ly backslash FA Honeybook. That's bit.ly backslash FA Honeybook to get started and get 50% off today. So in terms of like the educational journey, at what point did you start kind of showing up as like, I'm an educator and really helping, you know, other photographers, people in the industry to like grow and elevate their brands. Yeah, it started I fairly quickly after I started my business, maybe about two years. And I just started getting a lot of DMs about, hey, what do I do here? What's the best camera? What's the best settings, et cetera, et cetera. And then after a while of like answering DMs um, and just chatting with people, I started just going to coffee with people and just being like, hey, let's just sit down and like go to coffee. We'll just like hang out, grab a coffee, get to know each other. Cause I'm all about networking too. I yeah. love to meet others in the industry and create a community and not competition. I started doing that 
And then I don't know if someone was talking to me or a light bulb just switched on, but I was like, I should charge for this. <laughs> like I should 100%. actually, like I'm, I'm sitting for two to three hours with people and it was great conversation and right. it was like wonderful to get to know people. But I was like, I'm spilling a lot of information. I should probably actually like, you know, charge yeah. for this. So at one point I was like, okay, I'm going to offer mentor sessions. And I did. And it's, they started as just like quick little coffee date sessions. And then now they've grown into, I still have those coffee date or Skype sessions or whatever, yeah. Zoom sessions now. <laughs> yes. Everything's on now Zoom. in the world of COVID. I know. And then I also have these or like half day sessions where a photographer gets to follow me around. We get to sit and chat for a while, but then we get to go shoot together. They get to shoot, ask me questions. Oh, we talk about yeah, like editing and all that stuff. So basically like the whole shebang. I have at one point offered almost like a mentorship program as well. I don't have those available right now. That's a lot (laughs) to do mentorships. Um, But I have workshops as well. Those are rolling out. They were supposed to be a lot more this year, but that's okay. Um, Yes, I did have one recently. It was very intimate, very small with just a few photographers um, locally. And it was great just to like sit for a couple hours and chat with people about business. Um, And then hopefully there will be a couple more in the future. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that you offer those in-person mentorships because I feel like... And I have always been like an advocate of this since college even of like having internships and like having that Mm hands-on experience because... You can study, like as someone who also did photography for a long time, I was like, you know, you can study and study and like read books on like how to use your camera and like how to shoot in manual. But until you're like actually out there and like doing something and learning, I feel like that's the best way to really know, right? Of like, oh, that's how I should like use my camera in this type of setting or low light situation. And I feel like just being like that hands-on, like in-person experience is so much more valuable than like reading that book on like how to work your manual camera, right? Yes, yes. Or when people DM me and they're like, what are your settings? I'm like, (laughs) what do you mean? (laughs) (laughs) For what? Like what, where are you shooting? Is it sunny? I don't know. So I'm always like, yes, like let's, let's get together so I can show you so we can figure out how to do this in person in this setting on this day. Yeah. And I think too, like those people that are coming to you for the mentorships and investing, like they want to put in the the work and the effort and like really invest in themselves to learn because, you know, like people that are DMing you about what your settings are, it's like, you just want like a quick fix and a quick answer to like have the work that I have. And like, it's just not that simple. Like you have to like really invest in yourself and put in the time to learn how to like get photos like mine, you know, or create work like this. Absolutely. And I think education is the most important part, whether that's workshops or mentorships or mentor sessions or anything like that. I invested in um, a workshop and mentor sessions actually later than I wish I would have. I wish I would have done it immediately, right? When I've gotten my camera and started my business and got my LLC, I wish I would have dove into workshops, but just going and being around 
a group of people who wants to learn is so empowering too. So I think everybody should go to workshops when it's safe, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) yes, but I think being around that group of people who just like wants to do better for themselves is Mm -hmm. so inspiring and you just walk away with such a passion, but even just like the one-on-one sessions as well is like, it's so important to, yeah, like you said, get out there, get your hands dirty a little bit and actually like play around and not just think like, okay, yeah, I'll just ask a question. Everything will be perfect. Like, no, you actually have to put in a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 100%. So for you, do you feel like, cause I think a lot of times in the entrepreneurial world, especially, especially now, like with COVID, everyone is going to like virtual and online and offering like workshops or, you know, webinars, all of this kind of stuff. And I think a lot of people struggle with like, how do I move from, you know, doing what I do to all of a sudden, like people trusting me to educate them and buy these like courses from me. And, you know, I've definitely learned over the years, like we have to serve our clients and like even potential clients, people that aren't even your client yet. Right. With like, education and information so that they are like, Oh, I trust her. I've already learned, you know, all this stuff from her. Like she's put out a lot of free content and I trust her to like learn more from her. And it's not like an overnight thing, right? Like you didn't just become like this educator mentoring all these people like overnight. And so I guess for you, like, how do you feel like people, other entrepreneurs should approach that? Cause like, I know for me, it's like showing up and like serving people, right? Like offering free advice, yes. free downloads. Um, what do you feel like really worked for you to kind of cultivate these people who are DMing you and trusting you to like, yeah. you know, be like, teach me your ways. Like, I want to work with you, like be mentored by you. Yeah. I mean, I think it, it does start small for sure. Especially like offering what you can on social media through tips and tricks. And that can go for, you know, people who want to learn to be better photographers and then also your clients as well. So Mm -hmm. I started off just offering education for clients, a lot of just info about wedding days and like what it should look like and what they should wear and what kind of sparklers they should use and all of this stuff. I was so into it because personally, I wanted to build a brand of weddings that kind of fit this aesthetic. And I was like, you know, people would, would love help with that. Cause I sure did. When I was getting married, I was like trying to Pinterest everything. And I didn't, I was using Google. Instagram wasn't even like big yet. So I just thought like, okay, I'm going to help people do this. And then eventually, you know, with photographers coming to me, I started doing that with photography and just offering tidbits of education. And then, you know, if photographers are looking to move to online education, you know, through like guides, webinars, all of that fun stuff. Like, like you said, start small for sure. I released a posing guide in April and it's done exceptionally, exceptionally well, which I was like, I don't know if this is going to go well, but like, I hope it does. And it has. And I think it's because I had so much interest in posing and how, you know, how I shoot and how I direct my couples and everything. And people, you have to kind of figure out, you know, where is the need and you Mm -hmm. have to figure out like, what are your followers coming to you for in terms of like asking questions and the information they want to know. So where is that need? Like what problem can you solve for your people who are coming to you? So mine immediately was posing. So I was like, okay, I'm going to create a posing guide. So when people can go out and shoot, hopefully they can use it. So yeah, yeah, that's, I would say start small though. 
Yeah. I love that. Cause it's like, you're, you know, we're always told to like figure out like, what are your clients like pain points, right? Like mm-hmm. where are they struggling? And like you were saying, like you were getting a lot of questions about posing, you know, it's kind of going back to like, what do people keep DMing me about or asking me about? And if people aren't DMing or asking you about anything, like it doesn't mean you don't have anything to offer. Yeah. No, but you can like pull your audience and be like, Hey guys, what do you want to learn from me? Would you want to learn this or this? Would you want to learn this or this? And then people will, you know, eventually dive in there and be like, yeah, I would love to learn this from you. Maybe they just haven't had the opportunity to chime in and be like, yes, I would, yeah. I would like to. So maybe give them the opportunity to be like, yeah, I would love to learn this from you. 100%. I, I think that's great. Like give people the opportunity, right? Like don't just think that, oh my gosh, I can't ask this question because no one's going to respond. Like create right. an opportunity for people to decide whether or not to yeah. respond. Yeah. And I think for people who don't, you know, maybe you're just starting off and you don't have clients, like talk to people around you that, you know, whether it's like friends or like friends of friends and just like ask, you know, a different outside perspective of people, whether it is like wedding planning or photography, you know, like what is something you struggle with on booking a photographer or finding one, you know, and kind of like figure out that pain point and like start speaking to that. Cause like everyone is, I think going to have like different education and like advice to offer, right? Like I'm sure your advice on certain things is going to differ from another photographer, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean it's wrong. It's just, you know, you're, you're speaking to your people. Absolutely. So how do you feel like you were able to kind of bridge the like talking to your clients and like educating them and then like other photographers and now kind of like balancing that? Cause that's can be hard sometimes. Yeah. Right. Totally. Yeah. Especially with all the content. I mean, there's so much content all the time. Um, <laughs> and I think it goes back to like finding those people that you speak to. And especially on Instagram, I like to make sure I speak to my clients or potential clients, whoever, um, whoever is getting married and wants to work with me, photographers. And then I love to speak about like self-love and motherhood as well. So I kind of try to rotate between those. And especially if I'm like stuck or like I sit down and I'm like, I don't even know what to write today. Immediately I go back and I think like, okay, I'm going to speak to photographers today okay, what has the, you know, consensus been about like, who's been reaching out? Like what's been, you know, the pain point here today. Um, And I I also have just a list on my phone of ideas. So like, sometimes I won't even be on Instagram. I'll be like washing the dishes and I'll think of an idea of what I should write or whatever. And I have a big dump list where I literally just idea dump into this list on my phone. So I have like, 50 different topics I can choose from if I ever get stuck and like, I can't even think of anything to say. So I think that's important just to make sure you're speaking to that person, that audience, um, and just narrow it down to speak to them, but then rotate it through. You don't have to have one audience. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think you, and if you do, if you only have one, that's cool, but you don't have to, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's important to have those varying audiences or like cultivate that because, you know, typically someone that maybe follows you for like the self-love aspect and they're not looking Mm -hmm. for a wedding photographer, you know, they start to realize like, oh, this girl that I follow on Instagram, great. She's an amazing photographer as well. Like my best friend just got engaged, you know, and then they start referring. So 
I think it's actually important to speak to different audiences and kind of have those core topics that you like you were saying circulate through, right? Because you're able then to connect with multiple people, but they can still be interested in the other things that you do, even though they might not be buying, they might remember you come, you know, like when their best friend gets engaged or stuff like that. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah. I agree. 100%. So you kind of talked a little bit about self-love and you have a little daughter. So I'd love for you to kind of share, like, do you feel like that kind of came up? um, You felt like you should share more once you had your daughter or was that kind of something you were already like honing in on beforehand? Like what really sparked you to talk about that with your community? Yeah, we're going to get deep. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So I feel like I've been talking about self-love for a long time. Um, I struggled with an eating disorder in college. And then I've been speaking about that for a while. But I would say like the pinnacle of it, like the realization of self-love came when my daughter came. It was just like a whole lot of acceptance that I let myself feel all at once. So just taking people along on that journey was something I thought that was really important to do especially because I've been speaking about, you know, my journey with all of that beforehand and yeah. then showing people that you can love yourself, no matter what you look like, no matter your size, no matter, you know, if you're in shape or whatever, if you just had a baby or you haven't had a baby at all, that it's, it's okay to love yourself. Yeah. I think that's such an important message. And I think like you were saying, like for you, that was something you did the work on and like you really realized and then felt okay sharing with people, you know, even though you were like, I'm still working on self-love, you know, and like Mm -hmm. we all are. And it doesn't mean you have to be in this like perfect place to share that. No, absolutely not. Yeah. I would say I was definitely in a better headspace though, especially when sharing this type of stuff. You know, I think when people hear that, you know, get vulnerable on social media and open up on social media, they're like, Oh, I don't want to like say all of these things. And Mm -hmm. the thing is you don't have to, you don't have to like put your problems out there. I felt comfortable sharing this type of stuff and that's okay. If people, you know, say like you are not comfortable sharing that type of stuff, don't share it. But I think it's okay to show up and be a little vulnerable with your audience just to show that you are human as well. And also I love speaking about these subjects kind of once I've been through them. So like once I've experienced it, once I've like you know, lived this experience, I can chat about it because I'm in a better headspace to talk Mm -hmm. about it instead of like, if I'm in the thick of it, I don't want to talk about it because I, you know, I might not be in a good headspace. It might not be a good message for one. And then it's just, you know, once you're through it, you can kind of uplift others and be like, I got through this. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's a huge thing to remember for people like really, like talk about it once you're out of the situation because yes. it, it looks so different and then you can kind of like hindsight it, you know, of like, oh, this is what I learned from it or, you know, mm-hmm. this is how I see it now that I'm like not in the fire <laughs> of whatever right. is going on. And I think that's huge to like tell people, you know, that they don't have to share like whatever bad is going on in their life in the moment. It can be, you know, something from years ago, like you were talking right. about like college and having an eating disorder kind of coming through that and like being able to talk about it, even though it was something a while ago in your life, like it's still as a part of who you are in your story. Absolutely. And like a small example too, it's just like when I finished nursing my daughter, it was like a big accomplishment for me. I didn't even know that I was like going to be able to do it 
or at all, or if even I had a lot of struggles in the beginning and we made it to about 14 months and I didn't speak about us being done nursing for a month. Cause I was like, I need time to process this. Like yeah. I'm processing, you know, what it means for me to be done nursing, like what it means for her to be done as well. And that's okay to process this stuff before you put it out there on social media. I think we live in a time where it just feels like we need to have everything out there immediately. Yeah. But it's okay. Like no one's expecting you to put all this stuff out there. You know, at first I felt that way before. I felt like, oh my gosh, my followers need to hear this. But (laughs) they don't. They don't. And like, even if they do ask, you can say like, hey, I'm not ready to share this yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because it, yeah, it's up to you to decide like what your followers get to know, what they don't get to know. And I think sometimes people feel entitled to know because like mm-hmm. you do share a lot or, you know, from people that share a lot. And then it's like, you're not like, you're only still getting a glimpse into my life, even though I'm being right. authentic and like real with you about certain things. Like that's still such a tiny portion of your life, of our lives that we're sharing on the internet. Yes. Yeah. So do you feel like when you first kind of started showing up and talking about that, like, you know, there's always a beginning, right? So like the first post you probably ever made, (laughs) like, how did people react? Were, you know, like, what was kind of the reaction from your audience? I feel like I was very lucky that my audience was very accepting. I personally thought it was just gonna like blow over type of thing like (laughs) you know yeah because I've chatted about eating disorders abusive relationships in the past self-love finding myself nursing and having babies that's crazy stuff your body does crazy things (laughs) um but just being open about that stuff sometimes I'm like you know people might not even respond but it's those posts that get so much attention because people are connecting and they're like, okay, either I've been through this or I know someone who's been through this or I want to show up and support you. And thankfully I've created a community that is super supportive and will show up with all the love and support when I do open up about that stuff. Yeah. I feel like this was, I don't know if it was something I read. It was probably something from Brene Brown or something. I love her. (laughs) I love her too. Um, I feel like maybe it was in one of our books, um, but it was sort of like we, like someone who's vulnerable and shares something, whether it's, you know, on Instagram or on a stage or wherever it is, the reaction from the majority of humans is not that we're like, what an idiot. I can't believe they shared that. You know, there's always like a deep empathy or like connection that we're like, oh my God, I'm going through the same thing. Or like that person's so brave, but as a person sharing, it feels like vulnerability hangover. And you're like, oh my God, I can't believe I just said that. Like you want to take it back. (laughs) But I feel like if you're kind of reverse, you know, put yourself in the other person's shoes, you're always like so grateful for when someone's vulnerable and like thinking that was brave. You know, for me, I'm always like, that was so brave of them. Or like, I can relate to a certain part of that story. And I just think that's so important to remember too, on like the other side of it, people are, even if they're not responding that they're like grateful for it, like usually that's like 99% of the time, right? Like that's their reaction or thought process of like, wow, I can't believe Grace shared that. That's, like something I went through, you know? Yeah. Or at least something to think about, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And like that may have never been on their radar, 
But then like once they read about it or whatever, whatever, they can be like, oh, I've never thought about that or I've never thought about it that way. And just to like show up and put that, you know, in that little thought in their mind of like, okay, maybe I can think about it this way next time. And I also just like wanted to be a person who showed up for the people who were going through that because when I was going through that stuff, I had no one. Mm-hmm. And this was before Instagram was like big. Like when I went through all this stuff, Instagram had like just came yeah, out. Like yeah. people were just sharing pictures of what they had for dinner. Right. And like um, so <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Valencia. I don't know. Yeah. So I never had that. And I didn't have people to look up to. I didn't have people like in my close circles or anything like that. So Just for me, I'm like, okay, if I am that one person that Mm -hmm. someone can look up to if they're going through this situation and see me come out on the other side, or at least like see me working through it and that I'm okay, that, you know, I would a hundred percent be that person over and over again. Yeah. I love that. I think it's so important again, going back to like what we were saying of like, even if it's affecting one person, like that story is important because you know, it helps that one person. And like, that's the reason to keep showing up and, and sharing who you are. Yes, absolutely. So for you, what would you say is like a number one thing that you would tell people to do? I know this conversation turned into like an Instagram conversation, (laughs) but I think it's where people are hanging out, you know, and like people, like, even though it's definitely not like the only part of business, right? Like there's so many other ways to grow that I, we could dive in, I'm sure and talk about, (laughs) but like for people who are on Instagram and like are trying to grow their business on there, like what is something that you like hands on are like, this is how I, what I would suggest for Instagram and like growing an audience that is actually engaged, not just for numbers sake, but actually engaging with you. I feel like I'm going to say more than one thing. Yeah, <laughs> go for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Number one, just show up, just show up, put your face on there. Like, I know it's hard sometimes to show up and like talk to your phone, but like we said, like, just show up and imagine you're FaceTiming your best friend and just chat Uh, because people do want to show up or people want you to show up so they can learn from you so they can hear from you. You know, that may be, you know, you showing up maybe one person, like what they look forward to each day. You know what I mean? Um, So just show up, like put your face in your stories, put your face in your feed. Number one pet peeve is when I go to someone's Instagram profile and I cannot find them in their feed. I'm like, what did they look like? Yeah. Like, I don't even know. Like, I'm trying to either hire this person or just chat with them. And I have no idea what they look like. So put your face in your feed for sure. Mm-hmm. And then also just like, yes, be authentic, be a little vulnerable. But like we said, you don't have to share every little tidbit about your life. You don't have to, you know, share every detail about every day. If you had a bad day, you don't have to do that. Um, I think being authentic and vulnerable means just opening up, just like having conversations like this, you know what I mean? And not like not being so closed off or just like formal or just professional, because I think in our line of work on Instagram, we don't have to be formal. We don't have to be stuffy. You know what I mean? And just our line of business as well. Like we are selling ourselves. We're selling our product. We we are selling ourselves to like show up to provide a service, provide an amazing client experience. So people want to know who that is, who's, you know, going to serve them for a year, a year and a half. 
Yeah. And I think it's, you know, important to remember, like, uh, I think for us, especially being in like the wedding industry and like a creative field of like, there's a line, right, of professionalism, but you can still Mm -hmm. like show up and be yourself and connect with them. And like, I feel like I've become friends with a lot of my clients. And it's just like, I'm honestly like, I feel like I don't have even something that I can tell people besides like, I just show up as me. Like I, my personality, like I'm such a people person. I love talking to people and you know, like I'm genuinely kind and like not a type A person. And like that just shows up, right? Like in Mm -hmm. me just showing up as myself, like that just naturally comes through. So I think that's important for people to remember too. Yeah, for sure. And then just like, you know, once you do show up, like serve, 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 you know, like we were talking about and just provide people with information or, you know, entertain them or just chat with them like we're chatting right now. Yeah. Yeah. Serving. It's so huge because I think, you know, we all want to like make the sale right away and like get money, but it's like uh, build like a relationship with people for them to trust you and know like, oh, Grace is an expert on like posing. Mm -hmm. And now like, you know, which made you want to come out with a guide. And so it's like, if I was following you, you know, as a photographer, it's like, oh, like Grace has been talking about this for a long time. Like now I'm going to buy her guide instead of you just like showing up with a guide and never have talking about posing. It would have been like, right. Why do I (laughs) want (laughs) to? Yes. I was listening or talking to somebody the other day and we were chatting. Is that about, it was at the other workshop that I was teaching and we were chatting and I was like, okay, just imagine someone comes up to you and just says, buy this package and walks away. And you're like, what what so you have to like no one would ever say that in real life so don't do it on instagram Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so Mm -hmm. you have to show up and like speak to people before you actually want to you know make the sale at all or even if if you're not making a sale like just think about actually having a conversation with people before you just blurt out whatever (laughs) 100 percent. yeah that's so funny like thinking about that scenario in real life yeah for sure (laughs) So in terms of like business in general, what are some like tips or advice that you've learned throughout like your career and like building your business that you want to share with other people, whether they're just starting out or, you know, they're a couple years into their business? What is something that like young Grace would have appreciated? <laughs> I would have appreciated someone telling me to invest in education, like a hundred percent, you know, like I said, I did it a little bit later on, but education is so helpful. It gets you from point A to point B, like so much quicker than you would have done it yourself. I would be like a little, have a little bit more money and have <laughs> a little bit more done if I would have invested in education right away. So I think, you know, whether that is workshops or, you know, a guide or like even free resources, like listening to podcasts like this, or, mm-hmm. you know, taking the time to do that stuff or watch YouTube videos. And then, you know, once you've built up a savings or anything like that, you can invest in education. Anything from that to like, I don't know, workshops are getting together or, or even like a coffee date, something um, I think is yeah. so important to invest in. Yeah, that's huge. I love that. Cause I think at the end of the day, you know, it's like really investing in yourself first before you can invest in other people and right. like honing in on your craft. Right. And being like, yeah. I think it builds your confidence and, you know, like for me, especially being 
as well, like five years or more. I don't even know now into this. Like I'm so <laughs> confident. I know. <laughs> I'm like, I'm so confident planning someone's wedding because I'm like, I look, I've been there and I've done that. Like I've gone through that experience and I know what to tell you if that situation happens or, you know, X, Y, Z happens. And so it's like, I've, you know, invested in learning about like how to run a business, how to, you know, plan weddings. And now it's like that confidence is just like inherently in me to like show up for my clients. Right. And if you're not willing to invest in yourself, you shouldn't be asking other people to invest in you. Mm, Like that's my, yeah, that's, that's my theory and philosophy. Like if you're not willing to spend that money on yourself, don't ask people to spend thousands and thousands of dollars on you for this service. So do your research. Like it's cheaper than college. And I went to college (laughs) for this. So like, (laughs) and I'm doing both. yeah, Yeah. So I think it's just really important to do that. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks so much, Grace. This was so great just like chatting with you and learning more about your business and like how you show up and just so much good, I think, like wisdom and advice for other entrepreneurs. Thank you so much for having me. This was awesome. Yeah. So last question. I always Mm -hmm. ask people, since it's called the local table, (laughs) I always like to ask people like, what is your favorite local place? Whether it's a restaurant, coffee shop, brewery, or like museum, whatever it is. Remind people where you are and then share a few places that we can hopefully go to once COVID is over. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I know, right? A couple of my favorite places. So I'm in Des Moines, Iowa. I have to share about this coffee shop. It's called Horizon Line. It is my most favorite coffee shop ever. Their coffee is so, 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 so good. And they are environmentally friendly too. They only use glass jars, which is awesome. Um, And yeah, and the owners are from California. So it's super cool to like have a little West Coast back in Des Moines. Um, Definitely recommend that. And then there's another couple bars that I love to go to pre-COVID that (laughs) they have the same owners, but Hello Marjorie and Bellhop are the coolest bars. They're downtown Des Moines. Super cool. Um, Hello Marjorie is like a like 70s, like grandma's basement, but like chic, like chic. And they have like really good craft cocktails at both places. And then Bellhop is more of like a tiki bar. But like a Fun. 70s tiki bar is so yeah. cool. I love that. Oh, so cool. Yeah. Well, when I'm back in Des Moines visiting some of my yeah. friends, I'll have to stop by. Hit Maybe up, let's go. Real yes. life. Yes. <laughs> I'd love that. Awesome. Thank you so much, Grace. I really appreciate your time and just coming on here and connecting and sharing with my audience. Hey guys, before you go, I wanted to share with you all about my brand new business templates for fellow creative entrepreneurs. As a wedding planner and photographer, I have a lot of touch points with my clients that I felt needed to feel professional and on brand, but I struggled to find an easy way to create graphics. I knew what I liked, but I'm definitely not a graphic designer. I wanted it to look and feel like me without having to spend hours designing and obsessing over colors. That's when I thought that a template that I could easily update and make my own would really change my business. So I got to work. I worked with a designer friend of mine to create a welcome packet template and a mood board template that you can use for your clients to serve them in the best way possible. 
I'm really proud of what I've created and hope that it makes running your business a little more simpler and prettier. I'm so excited to share these with you because you can finally level up your business, create pretty documents for your clients, and get your time back. No graphic designer needed, no fancy software to download. All you need is a free Canva account, know how to drag and drop photos and text, and you're set to go. Deliver your product or your service to your clients in the best way possible with these fully customizable and easy to use templates. Your clients are going to be impressed. Trust me. Just head to featheredarrowevents.com backslash shop to check them out and get your hands on these today. And that's today's episode of The Local Table. Thank you guys so much for being here. I'm truly grateful that you're tuning in. About a year ago, this was just a dream of mine. And now it's so exciting to be here interviewing other people, sharing their stories, and just delivering really great content. I hope you walk away feeling inspired or maybe you gained a new perspective or you learned a thing or two. It would honestly mean the world to me if you would be so kind and leave us a positive review if you enjoyed today's show. Again, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart and we'll see you next time on The Local Table.